Hey, high school teachers, if you're passionate about empowering students through project-based learning and making, check out the Project Invent Fellowship. They're a national nonprofit that trains teachers in design thinking, engineering, and entrepreneurship to lead their students to tackle real problems in their own communities. You'll attend a week of training in design thinking and invention, receive monthly support, and go to Silicon Valley with your students to pitch their impactful inventions to top investors. Applications now open at projectinvent.org slash fellowship. You have a few weeks left. Projectinvent.org slash fellowship. More machines, more jobs. 36 million more men at work in the last 70, <coughs> 70 years. Does my voice sound old-timey? 18 new industries in the country. Millions of new jobs. Automobiles. Gas. Radio. Help wanted. This is the start of a documentary from 1940 called Valley Town, supported by the Sloan Foundation. It tells the stories of workers retooling their skills for the new economy. It's a fascinating documentary, and I encourage you to go check it out. You can find it through archive.org, free advertisement. I bring it up because my conversation in this episode is with the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. And it's left me wondering, what if the entrepreneurial mindset is a foundational tool, the skill that has the potential to drive every young person into the decades to come, where many would argue the jobs, the skills we need are an unknown factor. My guest today is Dr. J.D. LaRock, who is the president and CEO of the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. Many of you may know them as Nifty. They're a global nonprofit that activates the entrepreneurial mindset and builds startup skills in young people from underserved communities, reaching more than 100,000 middle and high school students annually. Nifty works with 2,000 plus schools and community partners in 10 metro regions across the U.S., as well as eight countries spanning Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and North America. It's an impressive footprint. Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship has been around for decades. Some of you might conjure notions of shark tanky, silk hanky, product pitching, money hungry business types. And it's true, pitching is part of the experience, but I'm excited in this episode to talk about entrepreneurship as an agentic tool. That's right, an agentic tool. Meaning a set of skills, a mindset that young people can wield to make their contribution to the world, this time through product. A couple of notes. First, if you're unfamiliar with schools in the U.S., you might not know that bandwidth is an issue for almost every one of them. Finding infrastructure that's as connected in school as it is everywhere else is still a detail that blocks progress. Even when they increase the proverbial information plumbing leading up to the school, often what's inside doesn't match. As a result, both of the interviews in this episode will sound a little low bandwidth at times. I hope you'll bear with that, as the value of the content always outweighs the sound quality with the incredible guests who give us their time. Another note, after my interview with JD, you're going to meet an incredible student named Aaron and his teacher, Angela, who teaches at the Holy Trinity High School on the south side of Chicago. Aaron is the winner of Nifty's National Student Competition, and you're going to hear about his app called Lender. Aaron left without 
giving away for you to get in touch with Lender. So he set up an email. If you want to talk to Aaron, maybe you're a student or a teacher who's interested in talking to a student who's been through the Nifty curriculum. Maybe um, you want to talk about uh, Lender with Aaron to uh, bring funders his way. Anyway, he shared this email address. It's lending.a.hand. See what he did there? Lending a hand. 19 at gmail.com. So it's lending.a.hand. 19 at gmail.com. Stick around after the interview to meet Aaron and Angela. Enjoy my talk with new friends at Nifty. This is No Such Thing, a podcast about learning in the digital age. I'm Mark Lesser. Tell me, uh, JD, where you are right now. And I'm just listening to your audio because now all of a sudden I'm getting this echo. Oh, um, I am in uh, one of our middle schools in St. Louis and uh, hanging out next to a classroom where I just uh, uh, watched a lesson that one of our teachers was giving for our startup tech program. Beautiful. Whatever you whatever you did midway through that explanation, maybe held the mic a little closer or something. Yeah, yeah, I did. Helped a lot. Okay, I'm going to keep it right there. That was great. So um, I just talked to uh, a student uh, I guess an alumni of the program, JD, um, Aaron was telling me that he's headed to a four-year college next year. He is thinking about, uh, not thinking about, he is dead set on uh, majoring in uh, business. And he, that was nowhere near his intended pathway when before he started uh, working with the nifty curriculum through his uh, his teacher at his school um, they are in Chicago tell me tell me um, you know uh, how how does one even do better than that that feels like uh, you can you can pretty much pack it in and call it a day well Aaron's story is definitely uh, one that we're proud of because not only, uh, was he a learner who was not initially interested in business or entrepreneurship? Um, he uh, embraced the program so much that he was our national winner of our annual competition. And so that is a great story. But I'll say that um, while we certainly aspire to uh, produce uh, more entrepreneurs, and in fact, many of our young alumni go on to become entrepreneurs, about 25% do, um, that's not all that Nifty is about. Fundamentally, what we're trying to do is to develop the entrepreneurial mindset, which is a set of skills and competencies that we believe are uh, valuable in any context that um, a young person or a new employee or an employee might find themselves, um, whether they are in uh, a business that they have created or a company or in college for that matter. And so, um, you know, stories like Aaron's are, are wonderful. Um, but the real deeper value of Nifty, I believe, um, is that we are working to create uh, a mindset that traditional classroom learning um, isn't set up to teach oftentimes. Say, say more about that. What, um, what are the things about the traditional setup that aren't conducive? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, certainly every classroom is a little bit different. But when a lot of us think about a typical classroom, 
we think of a classroom where the learning is teacher directed and not um, that does not emanate from the student. Uh, we think of a classroom that is um, basically focused on transmitting content and less focused on uh, ideation and creativity. Uh, we think of something that is more academic in nature and less experiential and project-based. And the Nifty Classroom um, flips all of those things on their head so that, mm. you know, in a Nifty Classroom, students are asked to develop an idea of their own, not of anybody else's creation. Uh, they're, they're then asked to um, really build that idea out into a business, utilize the skills that teachers are teaching them uh, to research it, to figure out, um, you know, the budgeting around that, to, to figure out the marketing around that. Um, and it's still at the core, their idea, no one else's. And in the, in the doing of that, um, the uh, experience in an NIFTY classroom is very project-based. It's very collaborative. Students uh, typically work in, in, in group, even though, even if they are uh, developing their own idea, they're often working in groups to test their idea, debate their idea, uh, get validation or critique from their peers. And so it's a highly interactive, iterative model. Um, and, um, you know, there is no right or wrong answer. Um, every idea has the potential to be a great business. And, um, uh, if the emphasis is not on, um, doing things quote unquote correctly, uh, or avoiding errors. In fact, uh, nifty learners embrace the entrepreneur, the process and entrepreneurship of trying and developing an idea, maybe failing to develop a good idea at first, but trying again and going from there. All of those things, I think, are uh, somewhat in counterpoint to what we think of when we think of the quote-unquote traditional classroom. And I personally believe that um, um, programs like ours that develop those skills are greatly needed in American classrooms um, and in the world today. Yeah. That thing that you're trying to turn on in these young people, the idea that an idea can become a business – um, have we gotten to a place where that um, is a is a privileged skill and perspective? Um, do you get what I'm asking? I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. Um, well, I think that one of the one of the things that Nifty is really trying to address and is very much behind the reason we were founded as an organization is that there are deep inequities in U.S. society. And yeah. not, not every learner has the opportunity in the context of their neighborhood public school to even have the conversation that an idea of theirs could um, be developed into a business. Um, yeah. so, so many learners don't ha even have the opportunity to be exposed to uh, much of a world outside their own neighborhood. And so what we try to do through Nifty is to first um, help young learners realize that they can, they, that they have the power to identify and develop a really fantastic idea with nothing other than who they are and what they think without any additional resources other than their own ability to ideate and think and develop and, and go from there. Um, mm. Secondly, you know, a key part of our model, um, it, again, is not so much about entrepreneurship, but about exposing young learners to 
the vast diversity of sectors and occupations and careers that exist in the world in the first place. Um, mm. The Nifty model, in addition to the classroom learning that our teachers help deliver, a key part of the Nifty model involves having volunteers, often from different companies, come into Nifty classrooms and serve as... You are in a school, so we're bound to hear some bells. uh, A key piece of NIFTY's model involves having volunteers um, from often from different companies come into a NIFTY classroom and serve as uh, as mentors and advisors on the students' project. Uh, But also, while they're there, they talk about the jobs that they do in their careers and the sectors that they work in. And I think that that's actually pretty foundational. Um, to the idea of an entrepreneurship education curriculum. Um, It's hard to be an entrepreneur without having some knowledge base about um, the range of uh, occupations and careers that exist. And again, I think that many young learners in their neighborhood, particularly neighborhoods where there is deep inequality, where there is a lack of opportunity, where there is a lack of jobs, they don't have ready abilities to see those things um, in the spaces in which they um, uh, tend to be. So um, Mm -hmm. us pushing in that kind of thing into our our nifty classrooms and schools, I think is very important uh, to to try to at least uh, reduce the opportunity gap that uh, more privileged learners have um, and, um, uh, and many learners in the schools that we work with, uh, don't always have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that there, especially, um, when Silicon Valley, you know, really sort of boomed, um, it was sort of a rebirth for this idea of, of the kind of like the bootstrappiness of society, right? Like, you know, we can all sort of just pull ourselves up and make successes out of, out of thin air. Do you feel like, um, well, let me ask this. How do you feel like, um, the context within which entrepreneurship happens has changed, um, in the digital age? Uh, do you, you know, is it, is it still like, uh, you know, I, I, I came to this world with $5 and now I'm a billionaire or um, is Nifty's approach um, different, maybe, maybe uh, a, a little bit more realized in terms of what kind of support and infrastructure it takes to get young people there? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think one, one impact of the digital age that plays out in Nifty classrooms is that, um, you know, we now have designed a program called Startup Tech um, that is about helping young learners develop entrepreneurial ideas, specifically ideas for apps. So, mm-hmm. um, so that that um, is helpful in the sense that it um, is premised on the idea that any young learner can develop the basic skills necessary to develop an app. Um, And if they actually develop an app, which many of our learners who participate in the program uh, do, um, then they have the ability to take advantage, theoretically, of all the the capacities that a a networked age, a digital age, uh, can provide them. Um, So that's helpful. 
but the other piece of your question is very important too. So um, our, our learners may ha have the ability to develop an, a, a great idea or a business plan, but without resources, as we know, um, they won't be able to necessarily bring their idea uh, to the market. That's why one of the things that we've been working on lately at Nifty is to create forums and pieces of our program after the sort of classroom elements um, that connect young learners to uh, to venture investors and others who can uh, take wherever they've been able to develop the idea and actually connect them to those networks of resources that every entrepreneur needs. Um, that's mm. an important evolution of our model, I think. Um, we've done very well over the years in in empowering young learners to believe that they can create and build a business idea. And now we're trying to take the next step to actually connect them to the networks that will help them launch companies. I think that's terrific. We One of the things... Uh, we bonded about over email uh, when settling on a you know some of the themes of this conversation was uh, you know it was a, a really hot moment in the media for Greta Thunberg mm -hmm. and um, phenomenal young woman who um, you know is is most certainly an activist and. Um, you know, we we talked about this idea that the next Greta Thunberg is is uh, is an entrepreneur is going to be an entrepreneur, and and I I'm curious about your thoughts on that. I'm curious what the difference between where Greta is currently. There's a piece of an entrepreneurial mindset that's there. I I would guess you would say, but there's also a set of competencies that come after. Um, and I'm curious about your your thoughts about that. So I would definitely agree that Greta Thunberg um, exhibits many of the dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset that we seek to teach through the Nifty model. So think about her activism and all that goes into it. So at Nifty, we teach that skills like communication, collaboration, um, uh, critical thinking, problem solving a future orientation, uh, opportunity um, identification, the ability to um, manage risk. All of these are crucial skills that an entrepreneurial, uh, that an entrepreneur uh, should and uh, should have. Um, when I think about, <laughs> when I think about the exchanges that Greta and uh, President Trump have had over Twitter, I think about, I think about her ability to, to to manage risk effectively, and certainly um, when you think about um, how she has leveraged, um, you know, her first protest into the ability to stand at the UN or to go on um, talk shows that are watched by millions of people um, and talk about her activism and talk about the need for action on climate change. Uh, she uh, is exhibiting the skills of, of communication and, um, and, and many other dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset. And of course, um, her whole theme is one that is very future oriented. So uh, all of these things, I, I think there's actually a good argument to be made that she's, uh, you know, arguably a, a social entrepreneur, uh, and we'll see where she takes her activism next, and uh, you know, as she continues to to build a, a global movement around um, climate change and getting youth and, and other people involved in that too. So um, you know, I I think that. Um, I would say that the next Greta Thunberg may or may not be an entrepreneur, 
um, but they are almost certain to exhibit, like her, multiple dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset. And that, again, is what we think is ultimately really important at NIFTY. Um, it would be great if we saw more entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs emerge in the country and around the world um, through the work that we do in schools. But it's also really great to know that we are helping young learners develop these competencies and skills and capabilities um, that are powerful in and of themselves, even if they are not ultimately connected to the launch of a venture per se. I want to take it, um, Greta is from a really specific uh, context and, and place in the world and and is uh, most certainly a product of, of her environment. And I want to, um, I want to take it back to this school that you're sitting in that we're hearing bells and, and doors and all kinds of good things going off in the background. Um, you're in St. Louis and, and um, I wonder, tell me a little bit about how Nifty has uh, grown in its ability to be culturally responsive in teaching entrepreneurship. How does a student in St. Louis adapt their their mindset um, to what they're seeing in their communities and and uh, what what potential is certainly in them, but they may not have uh, had supports for? Well, I think the great value of what we do is that our own students, more than us as a program and more than even our instructors, it's our students who are making the connections between the ability to create a business um, and the, the circumstances and problems that they see in, in their community. So I'm, mm. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in Brittany Woods Middle School in St. Louis right now, and I just observed uh, two, um, two, two of our startup tech classes. So this is a class where young learners develop ideas um, for different kinds of apps. So, you know, let me tell you about some of those ideas. Um, you know, one one um, group of, of kids was working on an app uh, to uh, a little bit like uh, the donors choose concept um, uh, it, where um, people would have the ability to um, zoom in on a particular neighborhood and and look into identified needs in that neighborhood, maybe even things that people in the neighborhood have identified as as, the, as their needs, and and donate um, whatever it might be, food or uh, equipment or clothing. Um, so it's a very socially conscious app. Another young woman who was working on an app um, that was uh, that was uh, sort of a product app, um, but the product was customized inhalers. And I asked her, you know, mm. where, where did that idea come from? And she said, well, you know, in my neighborhood and a lot of my friends, they have asthma. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, sometimes they're a little bit embarrassed about that. And, but, and so I was thinking that if they had the ability to have a customized inhaler that looked really nice and showed who they are, you know, a little bit of their personality, uh, that that might be cool. And there should be an ability for, for people to, to be able to do that. Um, another... That. Another, you know, another young man uh, developed an idea that was uh, focused on uh, sort of on-the-spot therapy uh, for for people who are experiencing, you know, sort of a stressful stressful day. Uh, another young man developed an idea that was focused on homelessness, where sort of a geolocation type of app, where um, if community services are not readily available in the area, 
um, a user who spots someone who's homeless or or in need uh, could uh, could could pin that location and send a message to social services to try to get that person some help or maybe transport to a shelter. So I just spent an hour and a half in two of our nifty classrooms, and the vast majority of ideas that our learners produced um, were socially focused in nature. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. it comes to, you know, when it comes to being culturally responsive, I think the students are teaching us more than we're teaching the students. We're, we're mm-hmm. just very glad to be able to have a, um, uh, to have an instrument in the NIFTY curriculum that allows them to connect their socially conscious and culturally responsive passions to, um, uh, uh, to, to what we do and to give them an outlet to develop them. I think the, uh, that, that their that programs within their curriculum are, um, using a student centered approach as part of their strategy for, um, how they evolve to the most culturally responsive approaches they can, I think is really key. Um, I, you, you mentioned that, that this is part of a tech curriculum. And so I, I do want to ask before I miss the opportunity to just talk to you a little bit about how you feel, um, things have changed in what's being taught around, um, teaching the mindset of an entrepreneur, you know, since there is a phenomenon of Silicon Valley and, you know, this, this digital age in which we live, I think one thing your examples just now um, certainly tell us is it doesn't take much to um, you really don't have to teach the spirit of activism in young people. These are middle school students with some pretty, um, pretty forward thinking uh, ideas that are very community oriented. So uh, activism is something presumably many of our students are showing up with. Um, but what are what are the other things as you think about what it looks like to be an entrepreneur now as different from 50 years ago? Um, you know, what are what are the things that a, the entrepreneurial mindset um, needs to contain that they didn't once? Well, I guess the concept of 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 who an entrepreneur is um, has changed and evolved. So, you know, 50 years ago, we might have thought of. Uh, an entrepreneur as, uh, you know, the traditional EO model, right, or the, the corporate titan leading a huge corporation. Uh, and, mm. and, that, and now um, I think that um, our learners see that um, you, can, you can be that if, if you want to and they would like to and utilize the curriculum to uh, create, the, uh, um, you know, a, a product that is, um, not socially focused, but something that they might sell that they think is yeah. really cool and that that's good. Um, but um, we also um, we also uh, uh, teach them that entrepreneurs come in many different forms and come from many different places, and um, and that's really powerful too. Um, if there's one thing you hope every Nifty student is taking into the world, what what is it? If there is one thing that I hope every Nifty student takes into the world, it's the idea that they um, that they have the power within themselves uh, to do it. Uh, they have the they have the power within themselves to be uh, an entrepreneur or whatever else that they uh, they want to be. Um, we um, 
when we think about our values as an organization, um, we are very much about equity. We are very much about promoting opportunity. We are very much about uh, empowerment. Uh, and we're very much about ownership. Uh, and I'll, I'll say that particularly in this age of growing inequality, um, the idea of empowering young learners to become entrepreneurs uh, is linked to the concept that um, everyone should have a share in the resources of our society. And we are unfortunately living in an age where um, that proposition is being severely tested. Um, if we can build the mindset and spirit within our learners to um, to instill the confidence that they are as equally deserving of uh, enjoying the bounty of our society and our country as anyone else, uh, then that is something uh, that you consider a big win. Tell us um, where should people who uh, there is certainly some of my audience who are very aware of Nifty, and I hope. Um, many who we're introducing through this conversation to the network for teaching entrepreneurship. Um, how do people find you and your work? Uh, they can go to nifty.com. That's N-F-T-E.com. Uh, or uh, feel free to reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. Uh, that's another great way where you can, uh, for people to see uh, what we do in our programs and, uh, and how we're trying to uh, reach young learners. JD, I appreciate your time and and uh, please offer uh, many many high fives and uh, and encouragement on uh, all of our behalf of these students who you're you're in St. Louis to uh, to hear from and and support um, the work is so important and um, I'm grateful for your time. I will do that, Mark, and thank you for the opportunity to share their stories with you. It. You got it. Okay. Um, my name is Angela Maselli. I'm a teacher at Holy Trinity High School. I've been teaching for seven years. Prior to that, I uh, was an accountant for an engineering firm in Chicago. I'm Aaron Trinidad, a senior here at Holy Trinity High School and founder and CEO of Blender. So Aaron, um, tell me about the project. Lender is an app that pairs nonprofits with volunteers based on interest, availability, and location. We've taken the design flow of Tinder, and you basically get to create a profile on the app, putting down your interests and what nonprofits you're looking for. After that, you get to swipe through a deck of nonprofits, and whichever one you match up with, you'll get the information to go to the volunteer opportunity but you'll also be able to know who you'll be volunteering with so you can become friends with like-minded people and have a reason to start volunteering more. That sounds pretty amazing. Um, what, before you were a, um, you know, a, a national champion youth, uh, young entrepreneur, um, before you started all this in high school, did, did the word entrepreneur mean anything to you? Like, was that a thing for you? No, the word entrepreneur meant nothing to me. I didn't really understand the concept of one. And I also didn't understand like the weight of one and what it, what you have to do to become one. So it was one of those things that I knew something about, but I had no clue exactly what it was. Right. So, um, so let's define it for those, those who might not know. 
Um, I'm curious about your definition for an entrepreneur, um, but specifically, I want to challenge you um, to think about um, what's an entrepreneur today and why is an entrepreneur important in your world? I think an entrepreneur is just a person who has a specific interest and wants to create a business out of it. So it is especially prevalent today just because if anyone has a specific interest, I think it's very easy for them to create their own business. So let's say, so like for a podcast, for, um, for example, you really like to do podcasts and that could be a business. Anything could be a business, uh, especially nowadays. So I think that if anyone has a specific interest, it's just them wanting to become their own boss and creating it. Nice. And, and does that appeal to you? becoming your own boss? Uh, that definitely, definitely appeals to me. Uh, I'm more of like the leader type. So becoming my own boss, it sounds like the main goal for me right now. Right. And did you, did you know entrepreneurs before your experience with uh, Ms. Angela and, and uh, what your, what the program that you've gone through at school? I knew of entrepreneurs, but then again, I, really didn't know what exactly that, what that meant or what they did or what they looked like. Uh, I realized through the program and um, having Ms. Maselli as my teacher that an entrepreneur can literally be anybody. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be business people. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be older, younger. You can be an entrepreneur at any age. It's just really starting your own business. So I think I knew of them and I knew kind of about them, but Again, I didn't really appreciate what an entrepreneurship entrepreneur was, and I didn't know what entrepreneurship it like was at that time. Yeah, Angela, of of all the subjects you could teach, um, what motivates you to be an educator in this space? Right, there's there's uh, I think uh, from a um, you know when you look at K twelve education nationally right now. I think that um, from a job security perspective, um, you know, one would one would often gravitate to the you know your core subjects, your your math, science, reading. Um, what makes you want to be here uh, teaching this um, right now? Um, before I taught, before I was a teacher, I was an accountant at an engineering company yeah. for several years. And I decided uh, to go into the world of education and to make a big career change. And when I was doing that, um, the most logical transition for me was to go into secondary business ed because mm. that's where most of my credits were um, without totally starting over. So that was like my primary track. But I knew going into it that business ed is not required in most places. So I didn't really think that would be a sustainable career for me. So I coupled math with that. So my degree is actually secondary ed and secondary math. So when I, when I started to teach, I was hired as a math teacher. Um, I was fortunate to be brought in in the middle of a year. So I finished up in December and I got a job in January at Holy Trinity because they mm. needed to expand staff. And it was kind of 
like, by the way, we have this corporate experience thing that we do. Do you want to, you know, since you have some corporate background, do you want to teach it? I said, sure, that would be awesome. What's really necessary for the success of students is the entrepreneurial mindset that Nifty really, um, you know, stresses in their curriculum. I feel that the entrepreneurial mindsets are really um, a key to student success after after school, through college, out in the workforce, and even in education itself. So the earlier we can get the entrepreneurial mindsets in schools, I think the better chance we have for our students to be successful. So that's where my passion comes from, and it all ties back to my own corporate experience and what I've learned is necessary in the workplace. Yeah. To you, what's the entrepreneurial mindset beyond um like like let's pretend I'm your little sibling and they're like, um, you know, what's the entrepreneurial mindset? Explain that to me. Beyond um because it it sounds a lot like just sort of shifting into the role of being a, a creator and doer of things. Which is wonderful, but I also think um, there there's more to it than that. You guys spend uh, a year on this curriculum in some cases, and so t- tell me a little bit more about the programmatic experience for you. All right, so the entrepreneurial mindset it's a bunch of things, so it's not necessarily one particular like mindset. With the entrepreneurial mindset, you have your creativity, you have your critical thinking, your um, risks and stuff like that so i think it's throughout the year you kind of focus on different mindsets of the entrepreneurial mindset so one day might be your creativity how can you create something out of this situation or it could be the critical thinking the next day how can i fix this solution it could also be taking risks so what type of risk am i taking creating this business or having this idea so it's made up of a lot of different things. And having the entrepreneurial mindset in general means that you kind of tap into all of those things when you're outside, like when you're out in the world or when you're creating your own business, meaning how Ms. Maselli mentioned, kind of like your soft skills. So these this entrepreneurial mindset kind of follows you. So when you're in the business world and outside, you basically use what you've learned from that in order to communicate with others in order um, to think of new uh, innovative ideas, in order to kind of know how to present your thoughts, also knowing how to take a risk and take an opportunity. So yeah. it kind of follows you. And it also follows you in school. Like as a student, I use the entrepreneurial mindset a lot throughout my day. It could be in math class, thinking of a problem or trying to solve the problem. Or it could be in English when I'm trying to interpret text. Mm. What's the most important takeaway to you? I think the most important takeaway to the entrepreneurial mindset is that anyone can do it. I, as a freshman, I didn't really, again, I didn't really understand what entrepreneurship was, nor was I really interested in it until I realized that it was kind of in me all along and it's in others as well. Mm. So it's something that you just have to practice. It's not something that's not in you already. You just have to practice. And when you practice those skills, you kind of see the person you can become and how that influences the opportunities you can get. So through using this entrepreneurial mindset, I've had the opportunity to 
work as an intern at Ryan's Specialty Group Insurance in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And at my internship, I was able to use what I learned in the class to basically apply those skills to my work and be very, very productive, but also have a great time there. Mm. So insurance is something very difficult and isn't something that I was really, I really knew a lot about, but I used what I learned in the class to adapt. And I used what I learned in the class to kind of help others at the company, which is why I think my experience was so well and I got so much out of it. But from getting so much out of it, I also taught them a lot just because I used what I learned in the class to help them. Hmm. So you think the the entrepreneurial mindset also helped you in the context of a job where you're not the boss? Yes, definitely. It definitely did help me just because it's, again, when you, even if you're working under someone, the work you're doing, you're doing independently or in a group. So it's still kind of your own work that you have to figure out how to do the most efficient way to do it how to insert your ideas if it's a group project or how you can create a solution together um, being collaborative and communicate and using communication. So it's using all those soft skills that you learn um, to do the best work you can possibly do, but also especially like in a group setting, helping others um, and basically coming out victorious in the end. Is there something special about Nifty's curriculum that helps you to talk to young people about what it is to be an entrepreneur that's not simply about money, right? It's not about being a tycoon for the sake of uh, the almighty dollar. How do you address that? So I really deal with money sort of at the end. Um, Yes, they know that they have to make money. It has to, they have to have a positive number at the end of everything, but that's not our total focus. Our total focus is really making those entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial mindsets come to life. And Nifty does a great job with their curriculum because they've created a project-based curriculum. So it's very experiential. It's very hands-on. It's things like we don't start the week with a lecture. We start the week with an activity. And then the lecture follows once we've actually dug into the activity and everybody kind of gets a taste of whatever the theme is for that week. So that um, that I think is key because that's the hook for the students. It's way more engaging than lecture. Mm, That's great. And then when you do get to money, what do you talk about? Well, we talk about the expenses that go along with the business and we talk about, you know, how they need to you know, create something to to make money to figure that out. We don't really, I never personally focus on becoming a millionaire. I mean, there are a few of them out there, but the reality of, of things is there's a whole lot of entrepreneurs that make a decent wage and they're able to um, provide for their families, but they're not, you know, they're all not Steve Jobs. So, you know, I try and uh, make it very real. We do things very practically, um, but the students are required to do research to see what type of expenses, both fixed and um, the the operational expenses and the variable expenses to see, you know, what they need, what goes into the product or their service, and then what kind of a charge they would need to have to come out positive at the end. Mm -hmm. That's great. How about you, um, Aaron? The... 
I want to just ask you one last question about money. Um, you know, you came up with an app that is, in in particular, your project is really about um, social impact in a way. And I wonder the degree to which you feel like that's just sort of naturally what ideas came to you. Or are you just naturally an activist? Or is there something about your training as an entrepreneur that uh, made you feel like, you know, a, a sort of socially minded project is the right way to go? I think it kind of goes back to the curriculum in the class, how Ms. Maselli was talking about where financials are not necessarily the main topic of the whole course. Of course, it's a portion, but in the beginning of the week, we start with activity. And by starting activities and doing things that are creative, Nifty really emphasizes on you building a business that you're passionate about first, and then the money kind of comes second. Mm. So if you're pursuing something you're passionate about, it's it's a lot more fun to do to make a create to create a business out of and it's also a lot easier to to keep to keep the business to keep researching the business basically so mm-hmm. going back to financials financials isn't something that a lot of kids love to do just because it requires a lot of research but when you have a business that you're passionate about you're willing to do the research because you know that you'll build your business and that it'll become more soundproof and more viable. So it's kind of like with the Nifty competition, I pursued a business that I was very passionate about and I wasn't really thinking about the money. And then next thing I know, I'm the top three and I win first place and I win $17,000. And I don't think that is because I was focused on the money. Mm. I think that's because I was passionate about my business. Yeah. So, so what has the money meant to you since you won? Uh, the money, it kind of, again, it's like the secondhand thing. So I first, when I won, I felt just very happy just because I won something that I was very passionate about. And then having the money is like kind of like the after effect, like, wow, that's also great. So it's like, now I have seed money if I want to actually, if I'm going to start my business and how it actually works, I can use that money to invest in myself so that I can become an even better entrepreneur. Mm. Angela, you were about to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to add to what Aaron said about the curriculum, the Nifty curriculum. There's actually a whole unit in the curriculum that focuses on being socially responsible and having some type of social impact. So Hmm. it's woven into the curriculum that all of the students um, take and, and use. They don't have to have a necessarily a, a socially responsible product, if you will, but they have to tie back something to become socially responsible within that project. So like Aaron's is kind of organically socially responsible because he's, you know, dealing with volunteers and um, not-for-profits that need volunteers. But, you know, if a student wants to make something that's, um, you know, a product and it's, you know, the next best lawnmower or something, um, you know, how can they take that and still make that socially responsible? If it's, you know, maybe they're donating part of their time or part of money or, Maybe they're giving free products away to organizations or, or students that don't have that. So they, they're, they're required, and, and, and I really enforce that to make sure that they weave in social responsibility somewhere. So, uh, Aaron, let's see if we, can, if we can 
do this real quick for um for people who need some help uh envisioning what an entrepreneur is i'm going to give you some jobs you tell me if it's um good training for being an entrepreneur um lemonade stand definitely could be an entrepreneur what what uh what about a lemonade stand is is good setup for being an entrepreneur it's a good setup because you're your own boss and you get to manage that that's your business is selling lemonade so you manage everything from marketing to lemonade to trying to pick up clients figuring out your target market you are if you want to be successful you have to put work in so that's definitely an entrepreneur how about um in new york there are a lot of young people who uh, dance in the trains and then ask for money. Entrepreneurship or no? I would say, yes, that's an aspect of entrepreneurship. They don't necessarily own their own business yet, but they're pursuing what they're passionate in and they're gaining revenue from that. So kind of like the first step of entrepreneurship from there, if they start actually gaining a lot more money, they might realize that they want to open their own dance studio or somehow create a business out of it. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, they're a CEO of a business, but I would say that's an aspect of entrepreneurship. And that's kind of like the first step of getting into it. I like that. Uh, Last one. Ready? Yes. Have you followed the amazing journey of this young woman, Greta Thunberg? Yes, I have. she an entrepreneur? I would say she's more of an activist in a way. So she's some, she's very passionate about something. And again, that's kind of like the first step is you're passionate about something. She's gaining awareness about, you know, climate issues and stuff like that. So she's more of an activist, but I think that she can definitely become an entrepreneurship through what she's doing. So if she figures out a specific way that she wants to help the planet and create a business out of that, then she's, already an entrepreneurship an entrepreneur who's your favorite entrepreneur my favorite entrepreneur that is kind of hard hmm. like when 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 in your mind when you're like man if i could be like so and so i would say this is kind of an odd example but i um i kind of follow so rupaul who's a big drag queen in the united states i kind of am inspired by his story so he kind of his art is drag and he started from having nothing and um, just doing drag shows in New York to basically creating a whole TV show that's on VH1 that everyone can see and it's all over social media. So I I would say that that just because I aim big like that is definitely an inspiration to me. That is not a strange example. It's like my favorite uh, example you possibly could have pulled (laughs) Uh, RuPaul is like a, a, a light that, uh, I think is, is pretty awesome that she's, uh, he is inspiring, um, so many. So, so my last question for you, uh, Angela is with, um, young entrepreneurs like Aaron worshiping at the altar as, you know, many of us do of RuPaul, how, how does that impact how you experience? or help young people to connect to the profile of entrepreneurs. So so what I'm saying, in other words, is does RuPaul show up in your curriculum or are these things that young people are 
just finding on their own and connecting what they've learned through their entrepreneurship class um, outside. Do you talk about contemporary entrepreneurs such that Aaron would come out and be like, yes, we learned about uh, RuPaul today? Um, We don't specifically. We, I mean, we touch on entrepreneurs and maybe share a few entrepreneurial stories. But I have to say that I think providing the tools for the students to go find the entrepreneur that they are passionate about mm. is much more my focus. So, you know, it's, I, I'm really happy when students like Aaron will, you know, they'll go find somebody that they're passionate about that maybe they admire and they see they're interested enough to find that person's whole story as opposed to me just like providing a snippet out there. Yeah. Um, you know, like everybody knows Steve Jobs, right? So everybody, you know, not that I'm minimizing what he did, but it's just, it's much more, I think, impactful for the students when they're, they're given tools and then they go out and really find somebody that they can relate to that makes them be passionate about whatever it is that they're going to pursue. Yeah. I, I think I've seen entrepreneurship taught um, a lot with profiles like Steve Jobs and um, no secret that Steve Jobs is a middle-aged white man. Um, and so I, uh, part of my interest and my last, I think my last, last question for you, Angela, is how teaching entrepreneurship has changed. And and so part of my question with that is is obviously, has it become more culturally responsive? Like, are you are you cognizant when Steve Jobs comes up that a lot of of young people in your classes are not seeing Steve Jobs as a as necessarily like you know this is somebody who's walking through my community every day? Are are you guys doing things that help uh, to sort of tailor Nifty's curriculum, or does Nifty do things that make sure that um, entrepreneurship is is a thing we can? Uh, you know, C and B both. A lot of our students, at least at, at our school here, they have a lot of family members that may own the corner store or, you know, may have their own business out of their home. And mm. many of many of our students are first generation. So they they've seen that um, in their own families as well. The funny thing is, is they never think they're entrepreneurs. Like they're like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, my uncle owns the corner store and it's like, well, they're an entrepreneur. And you kind of sometimes have to like connect those dots or at least start the process for that. But I think um, the nifty curriculum definitely lends itself to being very inclusive in that way. That's wonderful. I love that. Did you, before the program, were you on a business track or do you think the program changed your mind about what you want to study in college? The program definitely changed my mind. Before BSTEM or any of the business classes that I took here at Holy Trinity, I did not think I would ever want to be in business and all of that business world. But now I honestly, I'm in love with it. And it's something that I cannot wait to pursue. For more info about advertising with us, sponsoring the show, or if you have story ideas you want to share, find me on Twitter at M.A. Lesser. The tracks in this podcast were produced by Leroy Tindy, a guest in episode zero, alumni of two bomber nations, Ithaca and the Bronx, New York, and engineer of digital things and fresh beats. Find him on SoundCloud at Air Tindy Beats.
No such thing is produced by me, Mark Lesser. A learner like you and our show notes can be found at nosuchthingpodcast.org.